And amen. You know, God has a way. He has a sense of humor too, you know. As when he said it to me last night, Sister Tish and I were on. And I kind of just put it aside and said, Lord, no, Pastor Paul. I think she did say sometimes it's difficult for him. I don't know if you said it or Sister Anne. Somebody might have said it, but I heard it in my ears. And the Lord said, it's your time. And I said, Lord, my time, I don't really have a message. But she said to me, I will use you as a vessel. So I'm going to make myself available to be used by Elohim, by the ancient of days, by the great I am, because the Holy Spirit is inside of me. So yeah, I might have seemed a little distracted this morning because I was doing one or two things at a time, more than one, multitasking and getting this done. But God is able, and it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by his Holy Spirit. So I thank you all once again for coming on. I see our brother Marlon trying to come on. I don't know if he's in Kenya. I don't know where he is, but welcome. Welcome wherever you are. We're happy to have you with us this morning. So Father, I'm asking you before I even go into this message that use this clay, use me as your servant. Father, as you said to Isaiah, you'll put coal. I want your coal on my mouth this morning that I will not speak, but the Holy Spirit that is inside of me will do a work. As only he can. You will get all the praise and all the glory. I ask you, God, that this word is for us for such a time as this and for me, Lord. Use it for your glory and for your fame. And you get all the praise and all the glory in no other name, but in the name of Jesus Christ, son of the living God. Good morning, new life horizon. I can see you're praying for me. I see Sister Rifa, Sister Karen, the entire congregation, Sister Anne, Brother Jordan, Reverend Collymore, my dear husband, Reverend Donald Holt. It's a privilege with Sister Winsome, all of you here, Pastor Paul. And I would love to have heard your message. It was about the vine. And as I shared earlier on in Psalm, even when I was sharing, I still didn't know it was me. But after I got more into moderating, I hear the Lord saying, it's your time. So my brothers and sisters, the title of my message this morning is God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for new life horizon. God has a plan for Karen. God has a plan for Tashina. God has a plan for Sister Rifa, for Reverend Bolt, for Laverne, for Mar Marlon, for Sister Anne, for Jordan, for Reverend Collymore, and for Angela and for me. He does have a plan, but and the re what I'll be reading from is a verse that you all know. It's a very popular verse, but it spoke to me first. And I shared this message a while back and I'll be changing it up a little bit as the Holy Spirit leads. But as the Lord speaks, I want you to listen. I'm just a vessel that he will be using this morning. And the reading will be taken from popular verse. Everybody know this verse? Jeremiah 29 verse 11. It's a verse that I knew from I was a child growing up back home in the days, in my little days. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plans to prosper you. One, it takes you to prosper you. And two, not to harm you. And plans to give you a hope and a future. And that is a verse, with my key verse this morning to my friends, to my family, to all of you. Thank you. Lend me your ears as I speak and God will speak through me. New Life Horizon. I'm here to remind you this morning that God has a plan for your life. Do you think, the, no, do you, think you know the plan that God has for your life? You can answer. God says, for I know the plans I have for you. Do you think, anybody can answer this question. Do you think you know the plan that God has for you? It's, I see Sister Rifa Hand and I see Sister Tashina. Sister Karen, what will you say? Or do you, what would you say? I know part of it, not the full picture. Right. That's what I was saying. Vision <laughs> of it. Bits and pieces. You do get bits and pieces. I, I, I like that. You know, I want to see you. I want to see your faces. I want to be encouraged as I preach because I like faces. I am very visual. So share with me and be, and, you know, get involved this morning. The plan is to prepare you for your destination. It is. This is plan that God has. Satan is afraid of you pursuing your destiny. So what he does, he sets up distraction. And he does, he does it a lot. Distraction come upon us so many different times. Even when you're preparing a message, even while I was preparing this message, many, many months ago, I remember when I was doing it, I had to call for my husband and say, pray because I am not even getting through, but the Lord said, keep on, keep on pursuing. I still see Pastor Paul is trying. And if he comes on, I will allow him to preach also. But I don't know what is happening with the internet there in Kenya. So the enemy comes with a lot of distraction. But you have to remain focused. Let me just remind you from a powerful verse in Ephesians. I think it's Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Even before he made the world, this is the NLT I'm going to tell you from, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault. And then he says in the same Ephesians verse 11, he has predestined us, choose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. For I know the plan that I have for you. God knows the plan. He is the one that create the plan. As he said in Habakkuk, write the vision, write the vision that he has for you, but he's going to work out his plan. God has a destination for every one of us here on this platform. He has a destination for Sister Laverne, for Brother Joseph, for Sister Anne, for Sister Angela, and Sister Winsome. It was set up before you were even born. Before you were born. Because there are actually books and scrolls in heaven that declare our purpose for existence on earth. Can you believe that? There are actual books and scrolls in heaven that tells us of our purpose. And this verse is found in Psalm 139, verse 16. This reveals to David the understanding that God, you saw me before I was 
I was. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. This is what the psalmist David was saying in Psalms 139 verse 16. He said, every moment was laid out, not a single day, not a single day was passed. David is declaring that there is a book in heaven that speaks not only of his makeup, but also of his destiny and purpose in life. And there is a book there for every one of you, for Reverend Collymore, for Brother Jordan, and for Sister Angela. God even said to Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So God knew you before he even formed you. God knew me before he even formed me. Destination was set before you were born. That is why it is called predestination. Pre means before destination, the end. So therefore God set your end, my end, before he began your life. He set your end, he set everybody's end before he began your life. God does not tell you the plan. That is why he says, because I know, I God, I God, the one that stepped out in space and create earth. He spoke light and there was light. In the book of Genesis, we see what he did. I have the plan for you, Karen. God will show you his vision because your vision is a little glimpse of your end. It's just a little glimpse of your end. Between the vision and where you are, I'll repeat it again, between the vision and where you are, it's the plan. Do you understand? Between the vision and where you are is the plan. So the plan is a process that, that a process that takes you to your destination. My brothers and sisters, the plan is a process that's taken to death. God will never tell the plan because you would forget the destination, which is the end. And one prime example is Joseph. Joseph had a dream. He saw the end being on the throne and his brother bowing down to worship him. And with his loud mouth, he told his dream. He told his vision too early. And it was, they were jealous of him. Who you think is going to bow down to your little boy? Remember, he was Jacob's pride and joy. He was Jacob's favorite. And that coat that he wore become one of his greatest enemy. So he showed Joseph the end, but, he, but God didn't really take him through all the different changes. He didn't take him to the different stages to build him because God has to build character and capacity. So Joseph had to go through, and I've always said this, the pit, the peas, Potiphar's wife, prison, and then the palace. So don't think when you have God's plan, everything is going to be easy. It's just going to be a bed of roses. No way. It's going to be a time of crucibles. He will take you through. Once again, the four Ps for Joseph, the one that was loved by his father, Jacob. Your plan is God's secrets. Not everything you're going to know, it is God's secret. 
You might have lost a job, a child, a house, a spouse. Don't panic too much. Don't panic because it's all about the process. God is building in you. God is building in me. Ruth Bolt, character development. And I am, I've always said, I'm now in Patience University. I'm in the University of Patience and my God, it's not easy. Sister Tamar, it is not. You will develop trust during that time and your faith must develop. If that's not happening, you will be going around again. He is preparing you for what he has prepared you for. He's preparing me for what he has prepared for me. If, even if you made a mistake, went off course, a backslider, the God, the good, the God news, not the good news, the God news, he's going to use all those mistakes. Romans 8 and verse 28, all things, all things work together for good. But remember now, it comes with something else. For them that love God, a lot of the songs were about God's love. So the all things will work together for good. If we, there's a prerequisite, if we love God, a lot of people say this verse a lot. All things work together for good to them that, if you have to love God for it to work together. So the good news is, the God news, God, if you want to write it down, he's going to use all those mistakes, all those wrong, and conform them back to take you to your destination. He's going to turn things around and take you to your destination if you will only allow him to. The journey might be longer, but he will take you, my brothers and sisters. He will take you through. God is able to do all that he said he's going to do. He's going to fulfill every promise in you. So don't give up on him. I want to remind you of the verse again. For I know the plan I have, have for, for you. Do we really know the content of this verse? Most people read this verse and think it's a personal promise to them. And yes, it is. But as I looked at the original text and the context, that the you in this verse is plural. It's a group of people which were in captivity, which were taken in captivity. If you read the entire book of Jeremiah was constantly crying and wailing after Israel because they kept on serving idols. They kept on going back, back into Egypt. So they were held in captivity by the Babylonians. So right in this verse, God is talking to a nation, which is the Israelite through his prophet. Jeremiah, they were taken out of the city of Jerusalem because of their disobedience, pride, and rebellion, and also idolatry. They are now slaves in a strange land. They are held in captivity in enemy territory. And this reminds me of the Bob Marley song. For the wicked carried us away captivity. How can we sing the Lord's song? in a strange land. This is what the Israelites were going through. They were taken from out of Jerusalem and they were in Babylon. This is in the beginning of Jeremiah chapter nine. 
during this time of captivity, there were false prophets telling them that, they would that this is going to end in two years, right? The false prophet came along and we can attest to that sometimes when we're going through, okay, it's going to be a week or a two weeks or a year. But God had to denounce that. He denounced the lie of the false prophet. And he told them, you will have to wait for 70 more years. We would not be able to live out that 70 more years. And the false prophet were telling them two years. And you'll see this in the book, in, the, in Jeremiah, from verse four to five. Read it when you get a chance. Read it, because when you see this verse and you say to yourself, are you ready to go through exile? Are you ready to be held in captivity? For I know the plans that I have for you is to prosper you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. But with that, it comes times of suffering. So the Lord told them to just relax. Relax and go on the beach and go and do a cruise. It says in verse 4, 5, and 6, build homes. You know, you better go below, Ruth. Build homes. Plant to stay. Plant and eat. Marry and have children. Multiply. Because you're not leaving Babylon anytime soon. He was working on them. He was taking out of them the idolatry the pride, everything that's come with it for them to know. And some of them might have died during that 70 years. They did not remember what happened when he took them out of Egypt 40 years before they reached the promised land. The same thing they were doing again. But God still loved them. He who he loves, he chastened. Because they're not leaving Babylon anytime soon. So they are suffering in exile, was not coming to an end any, any time soon. 70 years. But yet people were telling them two years. So don't worry when you see us going through. God is building capacity. Don't worry, Sister Tamar. Don't worry when you don't get the husband yet. Wait, he's coming. He's coming through the clouds because we don't see them. Look at it in the spiritual. My husband came in the spiritual because I was looking in the physical. But I'm just telling you, don't be weary. God is preparing you for greater things. Jeremiah, in this chapter, who is speaking from the heart of God, is saying, here is a true hope. Follow this. Your hope is not that God will not take you from all the suffering. That is not what Jeremiah 29, 11 is teaching us. It's not saying that God will not take us through. That, but it, it is telling us that God will bring you through all suffering. God is saying to new life horizon this morning, in the middle of the suffering, I promise to enable you to endure. In the middle of the suffering, I promise to enable you to endure. Can I get an amen? Engage with me, man. God does amen. not promise amen. his word. Amen. Thank you, sister. Amen. That suffering will end in a short time. And maybe my short time might be a year. Sister Karen might be two months. Sister Anne. Might be few weeks. We don't know because my God said, I have a plan. The plans I have for you. You know, so we just have to, while we are going through, we call on each other to help us go through it. It's not easy time. 
Because sometimes you say, why me, Lord? I say it sometimes. But he's building. He's building capacity for a greater hope and your great future. My brothers and sisters, I know some believe in the name it, claim it, believe it, and receive it message. And we hear it a lot. In no time, you'll get a house. Just so into this ministry and you'll be receiving. Be careful. Be careful. Because that is not how God works sometimes. When the healing doesn't come, when the finances aren't there, we are left wondering, did I hear God right? Did I have enough faith? Or worse, is God really there? Is he really there? Because sometimes it takes a while. New life horizon. Sometimes it takes a while for you to get to the destination. And as I reminded you about Joseph, it took him a while. And you know the Joseph story. It's, it, it takes a while. But let me remind you once again, saints of God, God was talking to a people, the Israelites, in captivity. They were separated from their homeland, Jerusalem. They were strangers in a foreign land, as I said about the song earlier on. And God is about, when God is about to use us, I don't know if anybody experienced it, but I have. He has to strip us because you're not usable until he can pour himself into Ruth Bolt, until he can pour himself into Reverend Collymore, until he can pour himself into Tashina. Amen. So you have to go through the refiner's fire. Don't let anybody tell you that this walk is easy. Sometimes I always said to myself, when I was radical, I entered in Miss Jamaica, life to me was so much easier because I was in the flesh. I was in Satan kingdom. It was. Most things that I wanted, I would get. But that is what the enemy does. But it's only temporary. But to go through refiner's fire, you have to go through the testing. You have to go through what God has for you. And at the end, he will come through. It's not a quick, quick fix, easy fix thing. It takes capacity and it takes time. Some of us believe that God will make our lives easy and good. And that is so. But I tell you again, you have to go through suffering to build you up, to build your faith, to build you stronger in him. So you can be like that tree planted because you are attached to the vine of Christ. God told the Israelite, I am the one that carried you into exile. Are you ready for him to carry you into exile? Your exile might not be my exile. Your exile might not be because of disobedient, but your exile will be because he's building you into a stronger man and woman for his name's sake. So bloom where you're planted, my brothers and sisters. Bloom where you're planted. Build homes and settle down. This is in verse 7. Same chapter 29. I'm not reading it. When I finish, you can read it. The Lord even tell them, help your oppressors. Pray for them 
So when you're going through, when people are saying all manner of things about you, you got to pray for them. You have to pray for the one who you think is oppressing you. Pray for the, well, this comes from the enemy. Because the Lord said to them in verse 7, pray for the city. You got to pray. You got to pray. As we learned on Wednesday, it is so important. And the, and the posture that we take also is important. And as the sister prospers, you will prosper too. So when you're going through the bad neighbor, the wicked husband or the wicked wife, not, not, a, not a new life horizon. We only have good husband and good wives, right, Reverend Bolt? You got to pray. Uh. <laughs> you can't believe your way out of something that you, listen to this one, write it down. You can't believe your way out of something that you behaved into. They behave themselves into it because of idolatry, because of pride, because of disobedience. So you can't, you can't believe you're aware of something that you behave into. Do you understand that? But something that you have done, don't believe is going to happen overnight. God has a plan for his children. No matter the circumstances might be, he knows the plan for you. Jordan, he knows the plan for you, Sister Winsome. He knows the plan for you. Reverend Collymore, and he knows the plan for you, Sister Laverne. Even in the midst of captivity, he's telling them to build homes. I'm repeating it again. Plant vineyards. Don't be too quick to get out. Because sometimes we say, pray, 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 Lord, more. Come out of this. No, I think I learned my lesson. I want to come out. That's not the plan. You'll just have to wait your time until it's the right time. Because if you don't, you're going to go through again. Don't be too quick. Don't want to get out. And of course, that's the only human thing. Because when I'm going through, I can't wait to come out of it. But when you come out, what have you gained for the experience that he took you through? Are you going back the same old, same old Ruth? It must change your life. Don't let it be wasted because we're going to go through it again. You know, the Lord is saying to you also, I can do for you in the midst of your struggle. He can do so much for you in the midst of your struggle. Because I'm stripping you. I'm stripping. It's all about the stripping. And my stripping might not be Karen stripping. My stripping might not be like I'm stripping. My stripping might not be like Tashina. Because we all go through different things at different times. Because you know why he's doing this? He's building character. He's developing our character. And I'm strategically positioning you for where I'm taking you. So for him to take us somewhere, he has to strip. And I don't mean the physical strip, it's the onion stripping I'm talking about here. And right here, I want to share my testimony with you. Because I have been going through. Don't think because you see the smiling face. I do. And I'm going to be vulnerable on this platform this morning because I want to let you know we will have our time at some times in our lives. But for me, coming to the United States of America, and I'm going to be very open. I've said it to my husband from time to time. So it's no secret for him what I'm sharing here now. It was like going into exile. Yes, into captivity. You know why? Of course, I marry a man that loves me and I love him a lot. But I was leaving Jamaica, my land of paradise, my land of my birth, 
my siblings, my mother, my organic food to come here to be with my dear husband. It took me a while to get here too. I'm going to be very honest. It was not easy. Right? I will just let you know it was a change of address. It was a change of scene. It was a change of scenery. And thank God, I would say this to him. He, will, he gave me a gentle and an understanding man. And he is. Because for him to go through what I put him through, he has to be a man of God. Look at Reverend Calibor. I am being very vulnerable and honest. <laughs> you know, I so wanted to return to Jamaica. I so wanted to return to Jamaica. When I came here and I look at this country, I saw the poverty. Maybe I was in my comfort zone, living in Manor Park, not seeing too much hunger, not seeing too much depression, not seeing too much concrete jungle. I came here and that is what New York reminded me. I cried, right Reverend Bolt? I cried. But my Lord reminded me the plans I have for you right here in the concrete jungle. Whoops, I hate to say it, is to prosper you. Prosperity is not only financial success. You know what him saying? He said to me, I am developing the Christ in you, Ruth. And when you begin to shine where you are, he will say, there goes my daughter or my son in whom I'm well pleased. It wasn't easy. And it's still but what I had to do. I had to surrender. And surrender means I lift up and I say, God, I give it to you. And when I gave it to him, I started praying for the city of New York. And that is where my breakthrough came. Still not easy, but I'm looking at it from a different perspective. Because the plans that he had for me, it had to mature me. So New York has taught me to trust God, develop my faith in capacity. And as we have been going through the, the teaching, it has so helped me a lot. I thought I had faith. Faith has a voice. It does. But there are different capacity even also in faith. My brothers and sisters, be encouraged. When you go through, he's doing it for a season and for a reason. The Lord is saying, I know the appointed time. I know the expected end for you, Ruth, for your problems. I know it because I know the plans. I don't know it. I might see bits of it when he said to me, marry this man. But he has a greater plan. God knew I needed to be here. As I said to you, he's teaching me total trust, total surrender. When you're in your, who is in Jamaica still, Karen? When you're in Jamaica, life easy, man. Life good, man. Can't go get to, I guess you can get it in Florida too. But the roast bread food, I missed that. Going to my Constant Spring Market every day, I started living. But I had to let it go. I have to get about the leeks and the onion and really stop thinking about what's behind me. And Paul pressed towards. But while I'm pressing, it's not easy because I still complaining at times. So I'm asking you to pray with me because it's not an easy walk. He's saying to trust him more and to humble yourself, Ruth. Humble yourself, little girl. Under the mighty hand of God and he will sustain me because I know 
I know the plan. New York is teaching me to trust his heart and not his hand. To seek his face and come higher, higher in him. And stop looking at his hand. Trust his heart and not his hand. Seek me intimately, my daughter, he's saying to me. I thought I was seeking him intimately, but there's a higher level in intimacy as you go higher in the Lord. Reverend Bull can't do it for me. Sister Karen can't do it for me. Ruth has to do it with God and God alone. God is saying that he knows the plan and I'll say it over and over again. So I had to stop fighting and I said to you, I stopped the fighting and I surrendered to the plan. And that's when the peace came. The peace of God that passed all understanding. But don't think I still don't have bad days. But I'm learning to trust. I'm learning. So, as I said, I continue praying for New York and call it my palace. Right, Reverend Bolt? Yes. My husband is right here. He can attest to it. And this is the truth. I started saying, I'm going to my palace. I created a different image. I'm on the train sometimes and you're not to look at people. So I had to do a, a paradigm shift. If the Jamaicans look, we look at people and sometimes we're very, we're very interactive. So we tend to talk to people with our eyes because if you go and you see somebody, well, for me, I look them in the eye and there's a, there's a reaction from a Jamaican. In this country, don't do it. You better hold your head down and lock your eye. See, it was a totally different lifestyle. One day I saw this homeless girl. And for me, I was showing compassion. Well, tell me no Ruth Tap, look at the people. You see, when she was coming off, she just grind my foot with her shoes. I should I give her one licky sip? But I said, Lord, I know the plan. You had to just take the grinding off my foot. She came off and literally stood up on my foot, you know, because I was sitting down. And I'm looking at her, but maybe in my reaction, because my face speaks a lot. I don't know anybody else, but my facial expression, it tells a lot. You will know if I'm down, you will know if I'm happy. You can tell. I can't lie very long. Right, Rev? Mm. That's so. Answer me, man. Yes, man. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I want us to interact this morning because I'm really yes. what I have been through and what this verse has meant to me. Because I've always said it, going on the flight. Oh, God, I know the plans because I think I'm going to see another city again. And I all in my own way, but I, I didn't understand it then. But now I know. They were in exile. They were in captivity. God wants to accomplish his purpose in our lives. But will we allow him? Will we go through? because he will take us through. I want you to all to understand your purpose through God's plan and promises. Know your purpose and plan, but you need to know the heart of God. God is saying to New Life Horizon, trust me, trust me, trust me. I am building character. I am not abandoning you i am working out something in you reverend caldemore i am working out something in you sister Rifa. i am working out something in you lover don't think because you're in a 
difficult situation. I have forgotten you. I have plans and plans to prosper you. Remember, he is sovereign. He knows what he's doing in your life. You know, don't dwell in your pity party and in yourself by saying, woe is me, woe is me. I know I do it. God is the God of Babylon. He is the God of anywhere you are. He is the God of Babylon. He will bless you right where you are. Just trust the process. God is the God of Babylon. He will bless you anywhere you are. Just trust the process and the journey. You have to trust the process and the journey. He is the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So wherever you are, what God has called you to do, stop fighting. Wherever you are, what God has called you to do, stop fighting. And I must remind you once again, pastor always said it, always says this. There's an onion, there's a stripping coming. The onion is coming and the stripping is coming and he will see you through. Being in exile is not always bad. Two, two apostles that comes to my mind is John on the island of Patmos. And you know what happened to John? He was there alone. That is where he wrote the book of Revelation. And we know about Paul in jail. He was in exile. And that's where he wrote most of the epistle. That's where he wrote most of the epistle. Part and parcel of the journey is about getting stronger in God and not in you. It is allowing him, it is allowing him, God himself, the steering wheel and let him drive you. Yes, drive me, God, into your plan. Drive Tashina into your plan. Drive Marlon, Jordan, Angela into your plan. And let him really drive you. Give him the wheel that he will give you purpose and a future that is bright. He will give you purpose and a future that is bright. God is also saying to New Life Horizon this morning, flourish wherever God has planted you. Flourish what, with whatever he has given you. So flourish where he has planted you. Flourish whatever he has given you because God's plan might take a longer time. Don't sit down and waste time by complaining and grumbling. I want you to bloom my brothers and sisters because I know the plan. God knows the plan. Seek him with all your heart because you will find, you will find him. When you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. There's one more thing I want to tell you. God's best intent, God's best intent, even in the worst situation of our lives, you will find God's best intent. Sorry, you will find his best intent even in the worst situation of your life. Excel in your duties. God will open the door. You will find God's best. You will find God's best intent is found in life's worst event. So God's best intent sometimes is found in, in life's worst event. You might be going through 
but you will find that his intention is only the best for you. Some of us might be coming out of it or going into it, or you are in it now, but don't give up. It is a part of growth. And the moment you change your perspective to understand that life itself, whether you're a believer or not, comes with struggles. Worse if you're a believer. It does. It comes with struggles. God says, I discipline those I love. I love. He disciplined those we love and he disciplined those who are mine. Endure hardship and discipline because it, it comes in different size and shape. Yes, Reverend Collymore, it does. It comes in different size and in different shapes. For I, God, know the plans I have for you, my brothers and sisters. Even if you lose a leg, an arm, an eye, you're not badly harming her because your soul is saved and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. He has a plan for you. It will take you to your destination. God set your end before he began your life. God will show you his vision. I'm coming to a close, but not his plan. Between the vision and where you are is the plan. I repeat that again. Fulfill his plan. It will take you to your destination. God set the end before he began your life. So he knows the end before he began your life. God will show you his vision. That's why I'm saying write the vision. He shows you the vision, but not his plan. Between the vision and where you are is the plan. The plan is the process that takes you to your destination. We all get that. The plan is the process that takes you to, the, to your destination. One last word, New Life Horizon. Don't ever forget, as we heard in the songs this morning, that you're deeply loved by God, even in captivity. It doesn't matter where you are and who you are and what you have done. God's love for you, you all know this, is unconditional, it's unending. It is life-changing. And remember, it is not based on who you are, but who he is. God's love is not based on who you are, but who he is. And because you're deeply loved by God, he has a plan. Because you're deeply, as we heard in the songs this morning, he has a plan and a purpose for your life. My brothers and sisters, there goes the end of my message and my testimony. I hope you really have know that God has a plan. He knows the plan. He gives you the vision and you work with it. I know God has a plan for each and every one of you seated here. God has a plan for you, Sister Angela, for Brother Jordan, for Marlon, for Karen. You all know that for, for Laverne, for Reverend, for Anne, for Tashina, for Reverend Bold, for Sister Reefa, for Tamar, and for myself. God has a plan that is strategically positioned where you should be, where you were born. It is not by choice or by chance. 
God handpicked your struggles. He handpicked them, your struggles, your journey, because he knows. He knows the plan for you, my brothers and sisters. God bless you. And don't forget, he has the plan for you. I declare that you receive supernatural strength to endure the pressure of this life. We prophesy you are strong, resilient, and firm. We decree you are able to withstand in the evil day without buckling. We say that you rise up in the power of God's might so that you are able to wage war successfully against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. We command all intense stress, pressure, mayhem, and chaos to be alleviated in the name of Jesus. We decree you will not faint or grow weary and that anxiety has no hold over you. You shall not look around you in terror or fear. We prophesy that the spirit of the Lord will harden you, harden you to difficult and you shall see the Lord's help upon you and around you. We declare today that you become, you bounce back from every challenge and that you stand up strong in Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah.